0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Revoid. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. with your host, Hal Shirtlift. This show was heard on WBCQ, the planet, every Monday and Thursday evening, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, broadcast out of beautiful Monticello, Maine, in Arista County. And uh, this show also can be heard on Podomatic, uh, podomatic.com, and just put in Camp Constitution, and you'll get this show And, and uh, in a few days, once we get a chance to upload it, <clears throat> and our YouTube channel, and the show is brought to you by Camp Constitution, which among other things runs a week-long family camp, and we have ladies' retreats, or as we like to call them ladies' advances. And we have a ladies' advance coming up uh, in two weeks from now, October 1st to the 3rd at the uh, Singing Hills Christian Camp, same place we hold our family camp, and that's uh, at Plainfield, New Hampshire. And you can go to our website and get more information about uh, both events. Our camp, our week-long camp, is next July 17th to the 23rd, I think. And we're going to be having a great lineup of instructors, as we do every year, and before I bring on our guest, I'd like to just mention Constitution Week, um, September seventeenth, 1787, was the day that the Constitutional Convention uh, ended, and uh, they gave us, those incredible founders gave us an excellent document, uh, not perfect because it's come from the hand of man but uh, it was, I believe, the best document to govern govern, govern fallen man and women in the history of mankind. And sadly, many people, uh, most people know little about it, but I'm so uh, glad to see just just this year so many organizations, I get emails from every organization imaginable, and so many of them sent emails uh, acknowledging September 17th. Uh, and some more than just acknowledging it, but some really good background history. Uh, we did a blog on it. Uh, go to our camp blog, and you'll get a little. Then this same blog was published in a few newspapers in this New, ha- New England, northern New England region. And uh, I got a chance to speak on the subject at a Bible college in Hanover, Massachusetts, which is right on the New Hampshire border, and it was very well received. And you can get a copy of that video if you go to my. Oh, Camp Constitution's Facebook page. I reposted it there. Anyway, although we did get an invitation to to speak to at a historical society two towns away from me, and then I was canceled because they said I was too controversial, and I haven't gotten asked to them as to what makes me so terribly constitutional. I know why. I really do know why. I believe in the Constitution. I believe in God, and I believe that – Marriage is for a man and a female, and there's only two genders. I guess that makes me controversial. Anyway, uh, I want to introduce uh, our guest, um, Pastor William Green of the Mordecai Mission, and I was very honored. I've not met you personally, but we will very soon, uh, but you're friends with Barbara from Harlem and B.B. and some other friends, and they must have said, oh, you've got to get Hal, and you've got to get Reverend C.B. Kraft of Camp Constitution involved, so I'm very honored to be part of your, what you call it, fledgling organization.
1: Amen, amen. We're, we're still yeah. in the building stages of it, but it, it's coming along beautifully with the, with the work so, of the Lord, for the hand of the Lord. Before we
0: talk about the Mordecai mission and who this Mordecai guy is, uh, some of you Bible uh, aficionados know exactly who Mordecai was uh, and his significance. But tell us about your background. You have a very fascinating background.
1: Well, I come from a law enforcement career. I was a officer in the New York city department of corrections. Also, I was um, an investigator and I served on the um, emergency response unit. And um, I also served um, two months at ground zero directly um, after nine after the um, terrorist attack on a world trade center. So I, um, I've seen a lot, and I've done a lot. I also was the founder of an organization called Correction Officers for Christ, which uh, that happened in 1989, and that was where the Lord just led me to bring Christ into the New York City Department of Corrections. There was nothing instituted as far as as christian ministry for salary staff you know you had the chaplains and everyone else or sure. you know that will come and minister for the um inmate population but there was nothing geared for uniform and civilian staff and the lord led me to start that organization back in 1989 and one of the ways that we would minister we our organization and the police officer of christ we would go through the five boroughs in a tri-state area in full uniform. And when people would see us, they couldn't believe, you guys are cops and you're born again and you love Jesus. And it was true. So that ministry is still in place to
0: this very day. Well, that, that's a great legacy of yours. What's interesting, too, is that you're right, there's uh, there's various uh, – the jails have chaplains. The prisons have chaplains for the prisoners, uh, but not, not none for the, uh, the the guards. And interesting too. Uh, You'll get a chance to meet Rev. Kraft. He actually he's been to South Africa several four or five times, and he spends time ministering to the guards in the prisons because they need the gospel too. I mean, if you have, I mean, if you have Christian Guards, and you have Christian prisoners. You might have a chance of getting along, and maybe reduce the number of incidents that happen in these many of these prisons around, not just around the country, but around the world. So let me Absolutely. ask you: So you're you're from New York City originally, but you now live in uh, Pennsylvania in the beautiful Poconos, and uh, you were um, recently somehow the Lord moved you to form this entity called the Mordecai Mission. So first off, tell us why did you name it? After Mordecai, and then uh, what you know, what the organization believes, and or what its goals, et cetera. Right.
1: Well, actually, I attempted to do this back in the year 2000, and the reason why was because there was a there was a legislation passed in um, New York City from the state. Then it was I believe it was George Pataki. And he passed what was called the Sonda Act, and that meant Sexual Orientation Non-Discrimination Act. And upon, and it was amazing that he did that, being that George Pataki was supposed to have been a Republican governor. He was supposed to have been a conservative. But when that passed, that just alerted me that some bad things were about to happen. So initially I tried to do this back then as a means to alert the churches that if we don't take a stand for this now, we're going to be overrun by the homosexual community. So there was some support, but not enough support that was needed. And the attitude with majority of pastors in New York City was this, they was telling me, oh, you're worrying about too much, it's never going to happen, mm-hmm. things of that nature. And Famous look, last words. Yeah, yeah. And you look 20 years later and look where we are at. Well, you,
0: you know, know what's funny here, yeah, Pastor? Yeah. hmm You know, this slippery, so this isn't just, uh, I was going to mention, it's not really a slippery slide. It's almost like going off a free fall off a cliff because 20 years ago, most Democrats, I mean, you know, sixty to seventy percent, and probably ninety-five percent of Republicans and you know pe- elected officials, were not buying into this same-sex marriage. In fact, uh, Bill Clinton signed the Defense of Marriage Act, uh, which dealt with obviously federal federal employees and federal officials and what have you, saying that male male and female, and it was yeah. passed by a very very wide margin. Now today. If you say, well, you know, I think there should be just one, two genders and marriage between male and female, they basically get you pegged as a neo-Nazi or something. It's just absurd. Well, what we're seeing
1: is the Bible is being unfolded right before our very eyes because, you know, even in the government and in the church, there are many people whose minds are becoming reprobate. And the Bible speaks about that in Romans chapter one. And we're living in the last days, but yet, even though we see everything unfolded, nowhere in the Scripture does it say that we're supposed to sit back and just watch things happen without taking action. So, as you pointed out, this 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 whole thing was defeated twenty years ago because they was trying to bring in the New York City School Board. Um, a whole curriculum, such as Heather has two mommies, you know, uh, Michael goes the Gate pride yes. day, and that just got rejected. We took a stand against it back then, and that got rejected. But because, as the Bible says, while men slept, the enemy came and planted tears amongst the wheat. And now that we woke up, we see the tears not only have been planted amongst the wheat, but they have grown with the wheat and now they have created strong hopes and it's because of the silence of the church the silence of the body of christ that we won't take a stand for righteousness because why we don't want to be called names we don't want to appear to be unloving All, all this nonsense to the point now that we have been surrounded and oppressed by the homosexual community and even now The political establishment has changed to be such ungodliness.
0: Well, let me give you an example. Uh, In Massachusetts, the state of my former longtime residence, uh, there was a lady that was a member of the Massachusetts Republican State Committee, and she got wind of a man, married to a man, who has adopted children, that's running for Congress, 2nd District. I've met this man. And he's very proud, and he calls himself a conservative. Well, she sent a private email to about 20 people saying that you know she's, she was a conservative Catholic, she believed this was wrong. Uh, she made, I think she made the, she used the word "disgusting" or a few harsh words, but what God calls it an abomination, so the word she used wasn't nearly as bad as abomination. Well, this particular man uh, got wind of this. this. His name is Jeffrey Paquette. He got wind of this, and he went to the media. And, of course, the left-wing media loves to cause controversy in the Republican Party. And he demanded that this, this woman, and she was a, a grandmother in her 70s, uh, not only she said resign, she said apologize, but she said resign. And she held her ground. She said, hey, look, Jeffrey, I, have, I, I love you. I'll pray for you. But what you're, you're doing is wrong. Well, there are 30 members of the Republican Party that are state representatives. 29 of them all jumped on board and said she needs to resign. And the deputy, the man who was the deputy um, of the vice chairman of the party, the chairman, Jim Lyons, stood strong. He's a conservative Catholic, and he was told she should be, and he can't just kick her off, but, oh, you should kick her off. He should ostracize her. He held his ground. The vice chairman... uh, demanded she resign and the the party won't put up with this homophobia well it's interesting how he was he had a sex scandal was revealed you know he he was a married man in his late to mid-50s and uh, he had some kind of online affair or romance with some disgusting things he ended up resigning but we have to stand our ground and obviously we have to do it in love uh, we know these people need repentance and they need Jesus, but we can't sit there and say what you're doing is right and that we support it or oh, we're going to be silent about it.
1: And, you know, I think people in America need a, a refresher in English because when they, ke- when they keep using this thing, homophobia. First of all, phobia mm. means a fear of something. I'm not afraid of the homosexual community. This is why I'm taking the stand that I'm taking. I'm not right. afraid of them. In fact, I really had enough of them because they want to violate your rights, but yet they just want to just walk around unchecked. You know, I mean, they're making um, satanic songs. We're going to convert your children, and we're going to make an ally of you. You know, so you see who's violent and whose rights. You know, it's like now, I know that there, are, it get, there
0: are some I'm sorry, there are some homosexuals. There's even some conservative minded homosexuals uh, that really don't want anything to do with this stuff. And I've, I've known a few over the years. Uh, but then you have the militant homosexuals and their allies and they are throwing it. It's not just enough to shrug your shoulders. You've got to be completely in their camp or they'll, uh, they'll go after you. And like most bullies, you know, you stand up to them, and they usually will back off or back down. Now, are you familiar with the so-called, the thing called the gay manifesto?
1: I heard of it, and, you know, when I'm I first to, actually heard it. I'm going to send it to it. you,
0: okay? Yeah. When uh, I Let me back. Of- uh, yeah. It came out, it was written by a so-called poet, Michael Swift. I used to I say so-called poet because I don't consider what he does as poet. What he did is poetry. I believe he was in his late stages of age dementia. That's what I think when he wrote this thing. Uh, it was called, It started off by saying, "We will sodomize your sons, emblems of your feeble masculinity," uh, and it, it got worse from there. But everything yeah. that he said in this 1988 uh, poem has has come to fruition. And when I first heard about it, my former, my late, my late landlord at the time, uh, oh, he's since passed away, he founded it. Jerry Falwell's uh, Moral Majority newsletter, or paper, and I, and it was published in a Boston homosexual newspaper. I said, I can't believe this. Let me. I actually called the newspaper to verify it, and it was verified that it was published. So that's the agenda. And I'm saying not the, It may not be the agenda of the average. You know, homosexuals, home, but that's the agenda of the homosexual movement.
1: And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's a part of the, co- the congressional record, also.
0: It is, yes. Uh, Sen- uh, Congressman uh, Denemeyer, I believe, from California introduced it. So your right. so organization, the Mordecai Mission, is a Christian based organization that stands up for morality and freedom. And I would add limited government because you can't have total government in that morality and freedom. Well,
1: basically, the whole the Mordecai mission is based on the Book of Esther. And in the Book of Esther, there was a wicked ruler named Hammond. And part of the part of the king's decree concerning Hammond was that whenever whenever someone was in Haman's presence, they had to bow. So Mordecai, who was also part of the king king's administration, a lot of people just skip over that. But Mordecai was also an official in the kingdom of King Ahasuerus, and when he came in the presence of Haman, he would not bow down to him. So when Mordecai, and the reason why he wouldn't bow down to him, was because Mordecai was devout man of God and he knew what the word of God said, bow down to no man. So when Hammond saw Mordecai not bowing, he inquired who Mordecai was, and he found out that not only was Mordecai in part of the king's administration, but he was also a Jew. So not so when Haman learned this, he wanted to kill Mordecai and he wanted to call he wanted to kill all the Jews in the kingdom. But not bowing. And today, we have the spirit of Hammond. Today, it's the Democratic Party and the gay into the homosexual community. These two entities are telling Christians that we have to bow, that we have to change our language, that they even want us to not even speak about the Bible or Christ. They just want us to bow down to it. And as born-again Christians, we know that we are not to bow. So the thing I love about what Mordecai did and how God just orchestrated things, he had Esther to be in the kingdom, and he told Esther, he gave Esther proper focus and understanding when he learned of Mordecai's decrees and the unjust laws that that Haman wanted to do. To come against the body of Christ. he gave Esther proper focus and understanding because you know Esther initially she didn't want to take a stand. She ain't want to get involved like most Christians are today. You know, they just want Mm -hmm. to stay in the four walls of their churches and not not take a take a stand, a public stand for righteousness. But when Mordecai gave Esther proper focus and understanding as to what the situation was, then she got involved. And she went on a fast and she said, If I perish let me perish, I'm going to see the king. So the thing with the Mordecai mission is that we have to give Christians proper focus and understanding as to what is going on in our society today. And we have to un- we have to combat ungodliness in our nation. And we know that Esther and Mordecai successfully exposed Hammond for who he really was, and the king gave Mordecai and Esther the right to change the laws as they see fit and what they wanted to do. And we as Christians today, we serve the same God that Mordecai and Esther served, the same God. The same God can give us favor. The same God can raise us up where we can change laws. But one thing we have to do as Christians Esther was already inside the kingdom. We got to get born-again, devout men and women who are Christians and filled with the Holy Spirit elected to public office. This is what we need in this land. We need to elect Christians from the White House down to the school board who are born-again and spirit-filled. And I, understand, I know that God can do it if we as a body of Christ, we do this collectively. Mordecai could not do what was done without Esther. Esther could not do what was done without Mordecai. And see, the problem is that we face in this country when it comes to Christian organizations, Every we don't know how to collaborate. We don't know how to work together. Everyone with their ministry wants to be the top ministry or the top dog, and we wind up getting nothing done. But I really believe that in these last days, God's people, the lambs of God, who hear God's voice, they're going to respond, and we are going to do a great work for the Lord in these last days, and we're going to take over within the
0: government. Well, I think you're right about organizations not working together. And now, Camp, Camp Constitution is a small entity. I'm the only full-time person. We do have a lot of support around the country in the region, people that, you know, help us, uh, offer their services, offer their church to us or their facility. Uh, and there are some, like, for example, I debated uh, the other day, I debated a guy with this group called Convention of States on the dangers of an Article Five Convention. That group seems to have unlimited money, unlimited access to uh, to, the the conservative uh, media. Uh, Well, we have a little bit, but not a whole lot. And a lot of groups are so concerned. They say, well, you know, if I give this guy too much support, uh, or if I go out and work with this group, they're going to get all the credit, and they're going to get all the funds. And my attitude is God is going to bless you for blessing the right people. So I'm not concerned about that. If God leads you to make a nice donation to camp, or a generous donation to us, or help us, that's fine. If He leads you to go out and say, "Look, I'm I, God's leading me to support Pastor Green and Mordecai Mission," that's good too. I'm not—I don't worry about it. Uh, but some people are so worried, you know. And churches are the same way. Gee, what if my members end up joining the Mordecai Mission? That means they won't come to the Bible study, or they won't get up in the you know the various ministries they have. Well. You know something? If your church had a freedom ministry, maybe you wouldn't need a Mordecai mission. But most churches are silent on these issues, as you said earlier. You know, they stay in the four walls and the reason why we're in this mess is because of uh, what was I saying? Uh, If there's a fog in the congregation, it's because there's a mist in the pulpit or something like that, you know?
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. But you know, the thing too, Hal, is the problem is, people. When, they, when we talk about ministry, then it becomes that person's ministry, and it's not God's ministry anymore.
0: Because that's exactly. you're right, so exactly.
1: That we right. can't move when God says move, because we say, "Oh, well, this is my ministry, and I'm going to do this." Then, see, is God in it? You know, when you study, when we study the Scripture in the Book of Acts, the Bible says that Peter was in the midst of a successful ministry. And then the Holy Spirit told him to leave it and go into the desert, and he brought him to the Ethiopian unit. You see, God can't even speak to people today like that because they say, oh, well, I got a successful ministry, and I got to be here. I got this Bible study, and I got to do this. And the world around us is in chaos. That's right. The devil doesn't care about your ministry. The devil doesn't care about your Bible study, especially if it's not going to be a threat to his kingdom. You see, so that's well, this right. is the mind, this is the understanding that we, as a body of Christ, that we have to work while it is day, for a night is coming when no man can work. And Jesus said, when He comes back, and He's coming back, will He find faith in the earth? Will He find us working? We must occupy until He'll His return. return. So, yep. so that's the endeavor of the Mordecai mission is that we want to take a righteous stand for judgment, and we want to work with other Christians, other born-again Christians, other people who have the renewed mind of Christ. We have to work together.
0: So right now, um, we had a conference call just a few days ago, and you have supporters uh, pretty much around the country. Yes. So while right now, as you say, we're in the inf- the, the early stages of the organization, and we'd like just to, <laughs> to tell listeners around the country. I know we got a listenership around the country, even in other parts of the world. But I think your mission is mainly in the United States because I think if our country goes down the drain, uh, the rest of the world will be in pretty tough shape. Oh, I, I think he dro- I think uh, Pastor Green dropped off uh, so we've got just a few minutes left so if he doesn't cuddle back in well, what I'd like to do is for those of you interested in learning more, getting involved right now there's a Facebook page, the Mordecai mission. Uh, there's a couple of Mordecai entities, but the Mordecai mission, and you'll see uh, Pastor William Green there and the website's under development and that should be up pretty soon so you kind of be looking for that but if you go to the Facebook page you'll be able to like it or follow it and then get more information and you can actually contact Pastor Green uh, directly His email address is there and like I say I uh, I was very honored to be invited to the group and we do plan to have Pastor Green and other people affiliated with Mordecai Mission on our show on a regular basis so uh just sort of stay tuned and you know there'll be a lot of information and we do encourage you also uh we have a a really great website campconstitution.net with some wonderful resources and we encourage you to first and i've talked about this a lot the samuel blumenfeld archive where all we need is you go to the website you see the drop down all we need is a username and an email address and you can stay all over here you're back hey we're just wrapping yeah, it up we about 30, uh, but i i did mention the facebook page mordecai mission people can contact you your email address is on there and they can come to you directly and if they have any questions or they like to get involved and uh, you're going to be scheduling some con- uh, you do have a conference scheduled and we're trying to get uh for what, october 2nd at 7 p.m a zoom conference where we hope to have some uh, doctors dealing with this COVID-19 vaccine. Yes. Yes. Okay, so uh, just uh, final words here. we got about 40 seconds. Yes.
1: Well, as I said, how you know, it's important that, you know, the Bible says in the book of Exodus, we are called for such a time as this. So that doesn't mean that we back up or we vacillate, but that we take a bold stand for righteousness
0: and let the Lord lead us together. Amen. And again, I think it's important for like-minded people of the Christian faith to work together so we would have a lot more like-minded people of the Christian faith, (laughs) so we don't let the the left, the Marxists, destroy, in my opinion, the greatest country in the history of mankind that God has granted us, Uh, the freedoms that we enjoy, the standard of living, which is unthinkable. Yes, we've made mistakes over the years, all great nations have. But you don't focus on the mistakes, you focus on the positive and you correct the mistakes and you go and you go forward and you afford as much freedom to as many people as possible giving them opportunities. So with that, we're just about out of time. I want to thank you for listening. You've been listening to Camp Constitution Radio with my guest, uh, Pastor William Green, and he's going to be on on a more regular basis. Uh, WBCQ The Planet, and until next week, may God richly bless you. Good night.